<laughs> well, well, my goal with this show is to not edit anything, <laughs> and and I'll I'll tell you my my thinking on it. Uh, so what I've been realizing is a lot of the podcasts in these in like our space, they're so formal and polished. They're like perfect professional interviews, in my opinion. And I'm like, I feel like there's a lane for more casual creator conversations. More like, you know, I, I st I'll still have like for people that I don't know more, you know, like just like the traditional interview style. But I think more like creator jams, like with people that I know in the space that I respect, just like picking a couple subjects and jamming on them for 20 minutes and having that be the format of the show. I don't know. What do you think? A hundred percent. So these are almost like fireside chats and, exactly. you know, just being around a fire, like listening to people, uh, being a fly in the wall, hearing the conversations, being a part of them. I think that adds a lot of value to it too. Right. Um, yeah. Hearing how they think about yep. it, like less than like do this, make your hook this, make the, this, like the, you, you can all go on our website and find that stuff. <laughs> right. Cause <laughs> e everything, like you said, being scripted, people don't want that. They want the behind the scenes stuff. They want what you're thinking you know, how you're tackling a problem, not the scripted answer you're putting out there in social. Yes. So I should do the intro for the show. Welcome to the Creators Our Brands podcast. This show is part of the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. And this show is we we explore how people are building audiences online and making money online. And and uh and I think an important thing to add in there is like people that actually are enjoying it because a lot of people build brands or build things that they don't entirely love. But I like exploring when I'm like, yo, that person is like totally working from their unique strengths and it seems like they're having a great time. Like those are the people that I'm trying to have conversations with. And, and I think that you're one of them. I feel like this is like a playground for you. This this space, you have a lot of fun exploring different different areas of like what it means to put your ideas out there. So, uh, Steven, welcome to the show. I'm going to read your Twitter, your Twitter <laughs> little, little blurb here. I write about marketing, growing audiences, and launching products. 320,000 followers, 25K months, going towards building a seven-figure, one-person business without high ticket. Yes. That's the goal, at least. So that's the, I, yeah, that's, the, that's the thing. That's the goal. Like, we're all, like, somewhere in this journey of, like, what we're trying to build. And I like that you're sharing that because I immediately read that. I'm like, oh, I know where he's going and I know what to look for as I'm following along. Because, I mean, you're a dad, I'm a dad. And, you know, we just talked about this the other day that, you know, our lives are chaotic enough. And it's not as I don't want to build high ticket. I don't want a ton of salespeople. I want my own little machine, my own engine, my own personal business that I can contribute to the world, but it's also fulfilling, right? And yep. Building that to a seven figure, that's a good goal for me. That's what I want to strive to do and try to keep it as a solopreneur. Um, not having, you know, again, managing teams. I don't want to do that. Yep. Uh, and I think that, you know, that is a, an important thing to know what you're trying to build, know the direction that you're trying to go uh, and know what, like, I also actually talked to my wife about this. It's sometimes easier to know what you don't want than what you do right. want. Like, for example, like, you know, having to hire and manage and like lead a team like that, that doesn't really fit into it. Like my ideal lifestyle, like, right. like at least like, a, 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 at least like right now with, um, you know, you know, maybe there's a concept where I'm like, all right, this is totally worth it to like try to go this route. But like right now it, that just sounds like a headache. And, and I, I'd rather, uh, build like more of a lean, a lean, uh, a, a lean creator business. And now you, you talked about, you texted me about this, the idea of writers, yes. um, why we should all be writers and get her, getting better at writing if we want to be better creators. That's something that I've been, I, I've always thought about, uh, tell, tell me more about your, your thinking on that and why you've come to this, this realization more, more recently. So way back when, you know, I, I flunked English when I was in high school, it wasn't a good writer, didn't really like writing all that. That was more creative design, everything, but when you start getting into content creation, you realize it's not just turning on a camera. You actually have some, you have to formulate your thoughts. You have to get them out there, get feedback on them. And all of that starts with writing, like putting everything in an outline in a clean way to be able to deliver and take complex problems and make them simple. You know, you need to have some place to organize your thoughts and writing is a perfect place to start that in my opinion. Yeah. 
you know? You no, know, and it's a great way to clarify what you think. And yeah. sometimes it's a great way. Like, like sometimes just writing, free writing, it's almost like putting the puzzle pieces out there. And then you can kind of connect the dots in a way that is just like, oh, that's how I think about it. It's like it's somehow for some reason, like it's making your thoughts tangible and then you can work with them more. Then you have some clay that you can move around and, and kind of create these frameworks with. Yeah. And a big part of this generated like came to fruition, if you will, it, because when I was working in nine to five, when I was doing my startup. The only time I really had was my lunch break to to play with my ideas and, and put them onto paper. So I used my notes app, started putting everything in bullet form. And it's like, that's a form of writing. You just don't call it like traditional yeah. writing, but note taking, journaling, putting all your ideas and trying to come up with these concepts that you're going to go create later. That's how this whole thing started for me. Yeah. And uh, we should note that you were on the podcast before and we went deep into sort of your frameworks for writing. Uh, you, I think the ADA, ADA, ADA copywriting is yeah, is it's a it, classic one. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. That they, they you use to uh, to build some of your your um like just the structure around your writing. Now, when you think about uh what you're um writing for right now, is it is it is it still is it is it like is it Instagram? Is it short videos? Is it Twitter? Like, what is your like home base? Do you think right now? I am all over the place, but what I've been loving lately is I run a Telegram group, and I'm trying to grow my Twitter actively. Um, Instagram, you know, have been growing that. There's a great community. TikTok popped off, but, like, I've really fallen in love with getting my ideas written and having, you know, the ability to put those out and people, you know, get some value out of those. So putting everything out on Twitter, writing threads, um, even, like, sales pages, falling in love with the art of, like, this is how you move people through with copy uh, has been a lot of fun lately. Less so on making reels and, you know, posting visuals uh, and it's all writing. Yeah. That's something um, you and I, if uh, I think, I think you got his course to uh, Dan Co. Oh yeah. And, and he talk he talks about how he, he writes the newsletter and then the newsletter, he records it as a video. Then he takes the best moments and he chunks them down to, to the tweets and the shorts. So the writing is the, and then he posts the audio from that YouTube video as a podcast. So you see how the writing is the foundation, especially for like creator educators. But you yeah. know, I come from the music world and I didn't even realize that like, like I thought like writing meant like you have to be sitting down with a pen and paper and writing. But like you get writer's credits if you say like one word. If someone's like making a song and you say one word, I'm like, oh, no, you're not writing. You don't have like a typewriter in front of you. No, but you're writing the concept, the idea. Like if you're brainstorming a script for a TV show, like maybe one person's taking the notes, but there's a lot of people working together and they are all writers in the concept. So it's like – um, it's kind of true. Uh, you know you know what concept I've been playing with and talking about the music industry more? Uh, I'm curious what you think about this. So I'm, I'm trying to market the podcast. I'm trying to get it seen by more people. And there's this concept in the music industry now that people experiment with like a little portion of the song through short form content. Maybe uh, it's like a beat. Maybe it's like a, the acoustic background. Maybe it's like a, you know, a lyric or a hook. Then if the audience responds to that, then they build out the, the song, right? So what I was thinking, I was like, why wouldn't that work for a podcast or a YouTube video or a newsletter? So I have this backlog of content that has worked. So why don't I look at that and be like, oh, I can take that little moment of that one video, turn that into a podcast. Like maybe how do I like make that into three different points for a long form podcast? So I experimented with that with my most recent episode. It's doing it's doing quite well. So the idea is I will repost that video and use that to market and say, hey, go listen to the podcast. I love that. I mean, anytime you can put stuff out there and like get signals on it and you test, because that's all we are. We're practitioners. We have to A-B test everything. And if this part outperforms this one, then run with that one and see if you could play with that idea. You know, what other concepts you can come out around that and, you know, push that, but let the data and the, the audience choose. Yeah, the testing mindset. He, this is a question. How much do you let the audience choose? So, like, there is a fine line between, like, letting the audience dictate your every move and then, uh -huh. and then, and then you still having agency and control and, like, what you want to create. Like, that's something that I've been trying to think about, like, because obviously, you know, there's certain people on, like, YouTube, like, they do whatever, like, 
the general audience is like is like reacting to like the hype right and that can lead you into a trap like i'm curious like it's probably different as a creator educator where it's like the audience is telling you their problems as they respond to your videos they're saying how like the questions are being generated in the comment section but is there a line where that you can draw where it's like no i feel like i'm catering too much to the audience and going away from like my values yeah and i you have to ask yourself the question is that fulfilling yeah you know if you want to just go down that route and chase views chase vanity just because they're asking for it um i like the idea of taking everything in listening being open to everything criticism you know people praising your stuff take it all in but at the end of the day sit down and understand what your goals are for three months six months a year two years five years where you want to be and does it align with that vision there and if so keep pursuing it if not okay take it in you listen to it but you know at the end of the day it's your channel it's your brand so you got to do what you know is true to you yeah so if someone I, and I let's go back to the writing thing because um the beauty of the writing thing is that uh you don't need much to like build a creative practice around that like don't worry about the cameras the microphones yeah. like every day if like this is leading to the videos the the courses the workshops the the shorts the tweets you don't like need much like <laughs> your ideas and a, a notepad or like or a notion right so my question is, if someone's listening and they're like, okay, if writing is the foundation, what what's something like, what's like the three-step, uh, what three tips would you give them to become a better writer in the next 30 days? Ooh, that's a good one. So uh, let me back up first and just say everything I, I did started as a 10-point list. So I spoke about, you know, going on my lunch break, I'd write down, you know, an idea, a topic or something, and I'd write five to seven bullet points and with a intro and you know a closing and that was my template so that everything started from that threads that translated yep. into carousels that then i moved into reels so from that one outline you can push into many different formats so start so, with a 10 point list or is that like the the the, the setup of the three points <laughs> no that i i think that's one of them yeah i think that is you I, know because it's that works wonders creating the, the outline of the like of of the idea first i mean the, the first thing even before that is you need to get away from a consumption habit and into a creating habit oh, so when we're, we're, when we're, <laughs> when I love we're on it. social like i only had a half hour 45 minutes for a lunch break so it's like i could sit there and consume everything or i could be active and be like that was a good point let me play with that let me put that on a note let me see where this takes me and try to create a piece of content on my lunch break with that. And that became like the challenge. Okay, you have 30 minutes, you're eating. How do I put my ideas onto a piece of paper and put that into a concept that I can go back to work later, finish my work, but at nighttime I could build out into a carousel. Yep. That was the whole game every day. Yep. Right? So switch from a consumer mindset to a, you know, creator uh, a producer. mindset. Yeah. Can, can, I, can I interject real quick 100%. before you go to points two and three? So I've been reading Deep Work. Oh, and he talks about um, how everyone kind of like, you know, is figuring out how to handle social media, right? It, like they, it's, it's, we're becoming, we're scrolling mindlessly. It's, um, it's, it's easy to do it. Like the, the way that it like, you, you know, it, our brains are like kind of wired to like want to go to it or any, or any form of discomfort, like, you know, in, in line at the grocery store, just like scrolling for no reason. And this is what he said. He said, the reason that happens is because uh, or this is a way to protect that from happening or guard yourself from that happening is is most people schedule time to be off social media. They'll be like, okay, on this on the weekend, I will take a day off. You know, I'll take a day off on Saturday. I won't go on social media. He says that's wrong because then it's just open seas for like social media to to like uh, take take over all of your attention. So um, he's saying instead of scheduling time to be off, you need to schedule time to be on social media. So think like about that. it. Like if you're not on, you pick one hour out of the day. Be like, okay, if I need to be on social media as a creator, I'm going to pick like from, or you know, maybe it's like a half hour in the morning, a half hour in the afternoon. So you know from that window of time, that's when you're on social media. So whenever you have that like impulse to like go on, be like, no, 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 I'm going to go on like from this time to this time and get everything done. That way your brain knows like when you're not on like, all right, 
I'm in producer mode. If I like, if I'm not in these windows of time, I'm in producer mode. Like, unless you're like actively researching something and like you're like scrolling intentionally, like maybe on YouTube, like looking for something that's applying to like what you're you're building. He said schedule time to be on, and I did that for a couple weeks, and it was tremendous. And I, I got to be honest, like I've kind of diverted from the habit. Like I, I need to get back into it. But when I was doing it, I was like, yo, this feels so good, like. Because you you're you know that like when you have that impulse to check you're like no no I can just check in an hour like it's not a big deal like and then you start training your brain that you don't need it as much. I love that. I mean, that's part of like engineering your whole environment, right? Is if you give yourself a lot of times to do something, you only have that finite time to to make sure you get it in right. Yeah. Um, even you know, going so far as like shutting off notifications. Everybody loves them when they first start, but they're so distracting. To the point where Bro. now, as a creator, I need to like put my phone in the other room and put on Do Not Disturb. I, I have to shut my phone off completely. And this is coming from creators, people that like publish to to these apps. But just like anything, like there are, there are pros and cons to 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 them. And like I, I I've learned and built tremendous connections around like my use of social media, right? Like like my whole entire show is about that uh but just like anything like there's a good way and and like a, and a not so productive way to use things and and i think like if you want to be a creator that's one of the things that at least on my list is like uh number one that i need to to build structure around so i can become a better producer and creator that led perfectly into my number two which is building a routine i love this so it's yeah you I forget who I was getting them from. I think it was J.K. Molina. But he's talking about daily, weekly, and monthly routines on Twitter if you wanted to grow there. And it applies to everything. If you're a creator, you have to time block and set aside specific hours and be intentional with them of what's my daily routine look like. If I'm going to post to get out of that habit of checking notifications every day or every, every five minutes, okay, I'm going to post and then I'm going to engage for 15 minutes and then put the phone away, right? Build those daily, weekly, monthly routines and stay consistent with them. Okay, I got a question then for you. What is your, I, I obviously going to change, you know, depending on the project, but what is your ideal daily routine right now? Like, <laughs> so, like you can be rough, like like what, the, what do the time yeah, blocks look like? I used to go to the gym in the morning and I'm actively switching that because I found that if I get too loose with my gym routine, that I, it drifts into the morning in the creative and then by that time it's lunch and I'm chasing the day. So much like you said, getting up early, it's like, I want to structure my day. So eight to 11, eight to 1130, you know, drop the kids off in the morning, get back, get, get right to work. So eight to 1130, give myself three, four hours in the morning, take a lunch, take a break. If I wanted to hit the gym then, perfect. After lunch from one to four, it's go time again, creative. And then four to eight is family time. And then whatever happens after that, if I want to watch a movie, go to sport, whatever, yeah. um, that's all at the end of the night. So trying okay. to build that structure in those blocks. Do you use anything like a Pomodoro timer or anything like that? Um, no. Okay. No, uh, I can't. I, like being almost, it sounds weird, but being that structured and like setting timers almost makes me more anxious. <laughs> where if, I, if everything starts with the night before too. If I know and I write down a list of like, okay, I'm going to get these four or five things done, then that's the first block in the morning. Drop the kids off and then get right to work on that list. Set myself up for success. And then if I get those three, four, five things done, my day is good. Anything after that is a bonus. So trying to line that like power list up. Have you figured out what time of the day you're most creative? Yes. So there are two. I'm a night owl um, specifically. So like 9 p.m. to like 1, 2 in the morning, yep. um, I can go five hours straight, right, without getting up. It's super easy for me to do that. The other time is the afternoon, like the 2.30 to 5. Really? Super creative. Oh, yeah. I have a tough time in the morning, which Re really, actively see, try to I, fix that. I'm the exact opposite. Like, yeah. like one to like four for me is like a is like I, I, like that's when I schedule meetings or phone calls because I'm not like my my ideas just aren't really hitting then. So but, I uh, yeah I, I think that comes from like corporate where I I spent 15 years in corporate and so I would spend all my time in the morning from like eight to to one thirty two doing my actual work, getting it done in five hours. And then I take the last three hours of the day and like work on my own projects and like do my own stuff. So that was my creative time when I was in corporate America. Yeah. You know? Okay. Um, no, that, 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 uh, 
that makes sense. Um, yeah, the, the AM is definitely where where I'm. Uh, my ideas are hitting a little better. Um, and then yeah, the afternoon I'm just like like I try to get outside. I try to like get in nature a little bit, like do my meditation stuff. <laughs> like cold plunge. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, have you tried cold plunging yet? Uh, I do cold showers. I do cold showers, yeah. but it's it's a funny thing because like I I was telling my wife about this. I was like, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't post this on social media because like I think it's a I, I, obviously there's a lot of health benefits to it. It's just funny how popular it is amongst like amongst like bros. <laughs> you yes, know, like it's like, definitely like, a bro thing. I, I'm like I'm like, is it is it possible to do a cold plunge? and not post it online <laughs> like i don't i don't think it is like and i was tell i was like i was like if i was a comedian i'd do a joke about like how like uh, a cold plunge is like the same thing as a latte was in 2015 to a, an it's instagram true. influencer you can't do it without posting it online like like I, like i'm like does it make it better for you like like it, it, I, I, but the, the thing is if there's something to trend like i like that it is something that is good for you like you know it's, yeah. it's this actually benefits to it but i'm just it's kind of funny um so what i do is like the cold plungers are expensive and i and i honestly the benefits are incredible so i was doing them this summer for a little bit like the actual cold plungers but i was just buying ice and filling up my top and that got expensive so i was like i'm just going to continue to do cold showers and and I I did it and I feel I, and I, and it's like amazing like I I I highly recommend them if like if you're curious um I'm up to two minutes of just like just like cold cold water uh but like yeah uh so wh- where do we go with that oh yeah, yeah. afternoon <laughs> it's great for the afternoon it's great yeah. it's great to hit it in the afternoon it just gives you another surge of energy and and, and clarity and and supposedly like doubles or four x's your 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 dopamine which is good for for anyone that's producing every all the time and like. Not to go too far off the rails, but it's the same thing. I've been doing, you know, sauna steam rooms and cold showers. Dude, you haven't posted about it. Never. How how, how the heck am I supposed to know? (laughs) Yeah, I I love. I I can't post. I hate doing. I I, I, I'm notoriously bad at Instagram stories because I hate the selfie style. Yeah, and and that's where it's like I'm almost a writer with strapped in Instagram. I I actually respect it. Like it's like, um, I I respect that you're you're. That's that's like you you're like there's there's things where I'm just like yo it's like cool to do but like I don't need to tell tell people you know? most of my uh, writing most of my tweets are done in the sauna from eight to nine because yeah. it's drop the kid off go go to the gym jump in the the sauna by eight fifteen yeah I sit there for like forty five minutes and I'm sitting there sweating all over my phone writing tweets yeah yeah, yeah you know yeah, yeah, like queuing yeah. them up so yeah no I love that I love that all right all right, all right. Uh, so so what's the third point of of uh so you got your you got your um you list Think of your topics. Start just brain dumping an outline of ten things. Like uh-huh. just like get a list down. You can even like say you don't even like seven of the ten. Like build it around those three that you're really you're you know that are really exciting to you. Then you build your routine. Like what I argue is like even if it's thirty minutes a day and you have yep. a full time job, thirty minutes is nine hundred minutes uh, uh, yeah. after a month. Imagine at times twelve. I don't, I don't. I can't do that quick maths. But like, <laughs> but like, imagine like like the skill set that you that you're creating. Like you're becoming becoming a better communicator. You're you're developing more clarity around things that you're interested in. Uh, I find it helps with like whenever you send a, an email now. Whenever you send, like write anything, when, even just talking to people, like it just you start to like narrow in on like like your actual beliefs on the world. Um, so go to your third thing, and then I'm going to bring up another subject uh, from there. Awesome. No, I love that. And um, so it's building your sort of 10-point list. Getting a 10-point list, writing everything down is super easy to understand. Everybody knows 10. It's it's a nice round number. Good with that. Building your routine. And I think the third thing, and these aren't chronological, right? Get used to failure. Get used to your content flopping, but so show big. up consistently. That's the toughest part. Like when I first started out, it was posting every single day, carousel after carousel after carousel after carousel didn't miss a day i think for for like nine months right outside of the time i got shadow banned but that's another story but like didn't miss a day of posting and that's what really helped me not not so much as a growth hack but it helped me be a better carousel creator a better writer a better instagram post designer if you will right so just showing up and showing your community that you're building that you're here for the long haul right yeah yeah, that I, I talked about that in the recent episode. Is that um, I talked about the the like 
like the idea that is sold that one video can change your life. And not that that's not true, but I think because that's such a popular concept um, and uh, it's what people chase. And Uh when you chase that, you don't think about consistency. And I think a better way of thinking about it is one library of content can change your life for the better, right? Like like uh, that you're continually building because there will be moments in there that like, you know, do do well more people see and then they have a treasure trove of more of your ideas that they can come on but all all through that process you're building the habits around your creative process and that's more important than just going for this 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 viral moment oh building the the posting muscle or the content creation muscle is extremely important right yes because you'll see a lot of people come out they'll have their you know YouTube's line up their shorts or TikToks, go batch everything for 30 days, pump out a ton of content for two weeks and then start fading off and petering yeah. out. Right. It's glad you see people burn out like that all the time because it's not sustainable. You need to get in the habit of showing up one time a day only. That's it. Just posting once and then stacking wins. And then if you could add to, okay, start experimenting with that. If you start failing, drop back down and do one a day. Right. And master yep. one time a day. And then what about like reposting too? Like, so you're building up this catalog and then now you're starting to get some traction. You might be able to go back into your earlier ones and be like, oh, this is a good idea, but I know why this doesn't work now. Like that's also part of the muscle. It's like the the learning about the signal muscle, like, like right. getting a, a feel of like well, what's going to resonate and what doesn't. It's the feedback loop. And I was going to say that too. It's, it's you have this huge catalog of stuff, but you've obviously progressed and gotten better. So why couldn't you go back, you know, 30, 60, 90, 120 days and go, okay, I'm, that, I like the idea, the, the topic. Let's see if we can, you know, upgrade that since I've upgraded since then. And, and no, I, I love, I love this. I love this because there's a lot of ideas that like, I think are so worth like, like, like the, I, I've talked about these multiple times, but like it's, they're so worth resharing and, 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 and just like keeping them top of mind. And, and with this in mind, so you started with a full-time job. I actually currently have a full-time job. Uh, and I actually like, and I think what this, this is this thing that I'm thinking about more recently um, is that I actually think more creators are going to be cool with exploring this creative outlook, this creative outlet, and not even being overly obsessed with needing to quit their full-time job. Like some people like their jobs. They're just looking for like an area where like they can build and like kind of be the boss of their own thing. Uh-huh. Um, so one, I think that there's going to be more creators that uh, just like, like this is like another thing that you're building. And this is what I'm, this is what I, I'm calling it. I'm calling it a power hobby. So like uh-huh. think of uh you know, people do flag football leagues. People go out and drink and party on the weekend. People are in fantasy football. Like, like people like have you know, do, the hike, kayak, like all of their things on the weekend. Like, a podcast is my power hobby, right? Because not only am I like building more marketable skills that I can also then apply to my my day job or whatever anything else I want to work with. I'm learning how to build a brand. I'm learning how to build an audience, build community. So like not. And I'm I'm feeling like getting more fulfillment and like and I think that there's a lot of uh, pros to like just being um, accountable for something. So in work in your day job, no, you don't have to take full responsibility for results, especially when it's a bigger thing. Like you're like one little person amongst like nine other people like working on something. But when I put something out and it flops, that's entirely on me. When you put something out and it's all on you. Uh, taking responsibility for it then it, it it's it's a catalyst for you to like improve in some area where like yes. you like look at it and like you it, it actually this is what it is you develop more self-awareness for your skills for like what you like what you don't like and and i think that that is good for like across the board so it's like another form of like self-improvement creating your own creator brand on the side so that's why i call it a power hobby like a lot of these people are spending more than 30 minutes a day on like watching a series or binging like you know all of the stuff like imagine if you spend 30 minutes on a power hobby oh. and the power hobby could be digital writing uh, and i think like that could be a good foundation what, what do you think what do you think on that my little rant with that it's a, it's a character builder right it's going to teach you so much about yourself and the perseverance that you're going to have in this life right but it's character also going to make builder. you 
It's going to make you a better employee too. It's going to form you into a leader because you're dealing with all these challenges and it's all on you. Then you can take that and, you know, push that into your career life and be like, yo, I just accomplished all this. You know, I just booked a eight figure, nine figure guy in my <laughs> podcast. We crushed it. It went viral. How can I do that for my own job? How can yo, I do, bring that here? Yo, I love that character builder. It is a character builder. And it's also, you you get better at networking. Um, oh, so much cold, better. Sending cold emails. Like having, like me and you, I didn't know, you're, like, we're friends now. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like we, I had to, you know, there, like all of that interaction, like I'm able to apply that, like all, you know, all of, you know, most people's jobs, especially like, I'm talking in like the marketing world, like that's the world yep. that I know best. Um, being a creator definitely applies, but I think it, like even across the board, like because you become a better communicator, a better writer, better at like, you know, uh, just connecting with people and, and building your network. Even if we're just talking about a Twitter, if you start a Twitter just there, that's simply, I think that's a power hop, a, a power 100%. hop. 100%. And besides it, it also stretches you and forces you to level up because, you know, me being in the, in the corporate world for 15 years, it's like, it's very easy to coast in the corporate world. You know, I, I work a lot faster than most people, so I could get my entire day done in four hours. And what am I doing? Am I slacking off? Am I checking Reddit, you know, watching YouTubes? It's like, why not apply that, you know, Yo, push that to a creative hobby. That's a great point. It's much like, so like, I, again, um, the, the, when you talk about coast, you know, it's much easier to coast. I think what happens is it, it's so long in a corporate setting to go from idea to feedback because yeah. like the idea needs a bunch of people on it. The production needs a bunch of people on it. And there's this feedback loop. It's like sometimes a couple months, a year, you know, like, you know, like it's hard to like see that feedback loop immediately. But with a creator brand, like I know my podcast, like it, like I know that I need to improve the marketing of this show. So like, I'm like learning that real time and I can, react to that real time. I can start putting in little solutions here and there and I'm constantly iterating and learning from that. Uh, so create your 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 power hobby and build your own little creator side hustle. And I, I think this, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to jump in real quick because the important thing there, when you're building this yourself and as opposed to a corporate world, you don't know the stakeholders and what their motives are in mm -hmm. corporate. You, you know your direction you know where you're headed, you know what needs to get done. This person might have something devious or, or might serve their own ambitions, so they're going to squash your idea or they're going to take longer and sit on it because they're playing that corporate politics. When it's you, it's you v. you, and it, everything is on you to, to make that a success. Yeah. Oh, that's another point I wanted to bring up. So um, I think I don't know Fire. if we talked about this. I, th I think Gary V actually talks to this. Supposedly, he encourages his staff to to build their own their their content channels around niches that they're exciting to them. And the reason he does this is because he says it allows them to take risks, not under like my brand. So that's another point. You can do these little these little um, baby experiments, take what you're learning, and then say, "Hey, actually, this is what's working in this space. Um, I experiment over here. I think we can apply it to." what our goals are in this way and i didn't even test i, I yeah, that's that's another reason why it's a power hobby furthered ed education so if education is most education and wisdom is comes from doing uh -huh. so it's not like you know like these companies they'll pay you for further ed education uh but you're just like what like like doing an online class like kind of like just like going through the motions for that you're 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 not i mean you might be learning in some of those right but I think this is like a like a, a power hobby. It's like you're actually acquiring skill sets that can be applied to, to new things. So it, it is furthered. It's it's another form of further education is to, to build your own creator brand in some way. And um, so like two more super quick points on this too. The mistakes or like you might make a mistake as a creator nobody's going to notice, right? You might try 100 different posts or, or put out something and it flops tremendously, right? Um, or it goes viral in the wrong way, right? If you do that in, I work for a government contractor, if I made a mistake on some PO yes. or push something out, that might be a million dollar mistake. Exactly. That might be my ass on the line, right? It, it, yeah, and exactly. it just magnifies it that much. You, you th That was the point I was trying to make before. You you, uh, you actually articulated better. So it's not really the fault of the company to want to be, you know, to, to, to be a little bit more down the middle with their ideas and being be a little bit more conservative with with the ideas that they're putting out there like it's not their fault 
what I'm saying is like as a individual that's trying to continue to learn, trying to, you know, get better skills throughout your career, um, it's sometimes hard to do that in a in a in a more corporate setting. So that's why over here in your creator playground, experiment. Like uh-huh. throw stuff at the wall, start a Twitter, start a random new Instagram around a random niche and just be like, ooh, what's going on over here? There, there's so many different ways to make money and th- there's people selling small little like one sheet templates and making 100K a month. Tell me it's more about insane. that. So I think his name is Islo. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know him, the Notion dude. He puts out templates and he, I think he has like a $9 product. He has a $59 course. But he started out just sharing like, hey, this is how I do this in Notion. This is how I do. And his Twitter exploded, Instagram exploded, YouTube exploded. $100,000 a month business based off just Notion templates. It's incredible. Is that? So So. So. the, the one other subject that I wanted to talk about is you're going more towards, you said something here. You talk about community, uh, the community play. Um, is that like? Uh, you know, some people say build community. It's like engaging with your audience. But like, are you talking about like using a separate platform to build community? And like, what is like, yeah, tell me more about how you think about Like sometimes that stresses me out, like feeling like I have to like post every month and people are paying me. <laughs> like, Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it is daunting. And I think as a solo creator, trying to do everything at once can be a little bit crazy. Yeah. Um, but that said, I build everything on Telegram because Telegram, it's easy to rip audios and like, you know, transcribe your, oh, yeah. you just post audios, right? And you can schedule them out. So it's super informal. It's almost like us having this chat just posted on Telegram and I'll do, you know, weekly posts and, you know, behind the scenes talk that I wouldn't put on stories because stories on Instagram is very visual. And I was talking about this earlier this week. What if I just posted screen recordings of, um, like, I send you an audio DM. I'll screen record that, post that to my stories. Because it's like, uh, Have you I might do this at that? midnight. I haven't really yet. I, I posted once, hit. and I got a bunch of good feedback on it. Like, 80% of the people said they listened to them. So so you would, like, um, that's actually an interesting concept. I think that's a cool format. I think that would work on, like, short form, too. Like, not even just stories. I think, yeah. that that would, I think that would work as, like, a TikTok or a reel, too, where it's, like, it's like you're giving specific advice and like maybe you just put the text on and it's just like what like the kind of like that play button like like you yeah. get in a in a dm like a, exactly like, a like note. the same thing i would send you a voice note on, on instagram an audio dm right i will go in and screen record that then crop it down i'll put that on story so it plays like the 15 or 30 second clip and then if you wanted to go so far and make it more raw and authentic maybe i'll include your name and be like hey this is what i said to tom here's this question yeah. this customer had this let me reply and now they're getting the public reply, but it's the whole two birds, one stone. I'm making more content. It's an audio DM. I'm helping this person, but why not share it to the masses? And I've been yeah. experimenting with that, but Did also in, in Telegram. I haven't, um, the only one I posted on Instagram stories so far was a test. And I was like, you could do something like this and I might do this more. Um, here, vote on it. Let me know if you want to see more of these. But when I put them in Telegram, everybody loves the audio uh, messages. They're, they're so good. And, and how long are they usually? Um, so they vary depending on the topic. Like if somebody posts something or something goes viral, like, uh, Instagram crashed, I did a five minute audio in telegram and just being like, here, this is what I'm thinking about. Here's how to play this. Here's my thought process. Here's some tips for you guys. And I attached text and like relevant links to it. So everybody got, you know, the audio, the, the behind the scenes, what my thoughts are, but also got, here's all this information on how to back up your data, you know, what to think about next, how to, you know, secure your account. All that good stuff. Is that paid right now or no? No, that's 100% free. So you can go jump in. Uh, How do you you jump in? Um, It's in my LinkedIn bio. So there should be a link for my Telegram group. Um, Okay. Or you could join Shortform Pro, which is a monthly subscription where you get templates and strategy and stuff like that. But that will also give you access to. Yeah, go sign up for for Steven's DMs. I get them. I don't even pay for them, but I I would. (laughs) I would. He sends them direct. But I might might (laughs) share those more now. I mean, it's one of the formats that because everybody... I, I have these ideas at, at midnight, 1 a.m., you know, sitting down here. I look like a rag, and I'm like, I'm not going to just jump on Yo. stories and be like, hey, here you go. Yo, this is actually a concept. Um, so you know how, like, the the uh, talking, like, talking to a character, like, skits were really big for a minute? And it kind of creates, like, it, it works because it kind of creates this, like, there's a clear hook. Like, someone says something, and then it cuts to the other frame of them on the other side of the camera, like, 
responding, right? And that little back and forth, that dialogue kind of creates this like this contrast where you're like, oh, they said something, what's the response? And then what's the response? And it's like a great thing for retention time. Um, so imagine if like, like we, like I, you know, the, I send a voice note, uh, then you respond to the voice note. And then I, you know, like, like we could share that whole thread. Like we could kind of make like a whole series of that, but like, yo, Steven, um, wh what's the, like, I want to grow my podcast. What is one tip that you would give me? And then like, that's it. And then you respond in like a 15 second thing. And so I love it. And then once you keep doing that, it kind of creates the format where like, there's going to be a question and there's going to be an answer. So it kind of teaches the audience what the format is and what to expect. And somebody's going to hear this and just take it and run and blow it up, right? Somebody big. <laughs> Dude, there's more and more faceless content doing well. Like you see all the animations that people yes. are doing. Dan Coe's um, are crushing it. Yours, um, you just did one. You just did one. What was the tool that you used? Uh, you just did one that kind of just like... It was oh, like the tweets. It, it, it took like a tweet and it went line by line. Yeah, Gary V posted one of those too. I was so pumped. Um, so I posted one of those on TikTok and it was just basically like following the dot along the tweet um, just to keep you in line with, you know, what the tweet is saying. And it would just move along as, you know, as you keep reading. So that was one style. And I did that in Adobe XD. Uh, super simple, but... I was just trying to play it's, around with how it, to get. How, how did you do it? Because I went into tweets. it. I went into it. Adobe XD. What is it? Adobe XD. I went into it and it, I did it, it. It it like it's. I I immediately was like immediately no immediately. So, no. It, just, it, it looked hard it looked no. Too, it looked too complicated for me. <laughs> so I come from the design world and I yeah. used you know Illustrator, you, Photoshop, but those tools are those like tools. insane, right? Adobe XD sort of sits between that, and it's basically Adobe's version of Figma. Um, okay. so it's for UI developers and stuff like that, but you could actually use it. I've built my entire, you know, um, thousand posts that I made through Adobe XD. I read so, everything in there. But how do you make it a video? Like you can export like a couple different slides as like a, as a video or something. Yeah. So you could put two artboards together and then just link them with an animation. And so, and you do it based on time. So whenever you hit play, it'll go to the next frame after one or two seconds. Um, and there's okay. all sorts of other settings in there, but it, it's really easy to design static frames and then link them together and make an animation. Okay, cool. Uh, I'm going to hit you with a couple quick questions. Um, yep. what is a, I'm going to ask you some dumb quick questions. Uh, <laughs> what, what is a swipe file? <laughs> oh, perfect. You're, you're selling them. You, they're, they're all over your website. Yeah. Are so we... the, the swipe file is a marketing term, but it's basically, um, all the posts and stuff that are doing well. Uh, they're curated, so I go out and find the best TikToks, the best Instagram uh, reels, the best carousel posts, the best tweets, threads, and I put them all into a individual file that you can use for inspiration. So picture you have a library of like 200 posts that you can go look at and be like, oh, I like the way this person okay. said that. You know, let me yeah. see if I can, you know, come up with my own ideas based off of that. And, and your swipe file is you really just like organizing that into like a PDF that people can easily access. It's just like everything doing, is like, yeah. yeah. Everything is in Notion, so um, putting all that in there. So there's tables you can copy and paste those. You could open up to see, you know, image previews. You can get the links. So everything is built in um, to go get the raw footage or you know the thread or the tweet or whatever it is um, to see it real time to see how it plays out. But I also go in and I add notes and like context to it so as to why it worked and you know what you can take away from it and apply to your own content. Cool. Swipe files. I got to make some freaking swipe files. Um, They're all the rage. And people auto DM and grow hundreds of followers on, on Twitter just off oh. those. Oh. Yeah. I'll send you one. I just made one uh, for Twitter threads and newsletter plugs. Um, you can use the same thing for your podcast too. But um, that's how, if you look at Justin uh, Welsh's or Dan Coe's, any of their stuff, they always have a newsletter plug after they have a viral tweet whenever, I think Justin does his on Thursday or Friday. Yeah. Um, and he's like, hey, if you want to read more about this, I'm dropping this on Saturday with, you know, 70,000 other people. So. Yeah. So I that's interesting because I saw someone using that technique on YouTube. It was it was different. Um, so what would he do? Uh, oh, so I was looking up for sound effects and I found these sound effects that like was in like Google search. And then I could get a free download if I subscribed to his YouTube channel. And I was like, yeah. that's cool. I was like, I was trying to think of like what I could do for my podcast in order to market that. So like I searched as someone, as like an editor looking for a certain 
sound bite, right? And he had this pack, like a free, like, you know, like you would might have like a Twitter pack, like, like, and it came up and it said download for free. And then like, it took me to like a, a subscribe link to his YouTube channel popped up. I was like, he's probably, this is a creative way to get subscribers to his YouTube channel. Yep. It's the same way for you. So if you're doing creators or brands, um, you could have swipe files of interesting pitches you, you cold DM to brands or responses you get back for and, and put them in a swipe file put like 30 or 50 of them and say, Hey, if you subscribe to the podcast, you get this for free Yeah, or, or go sign up, get the show notes and get, get this. Oh, white yeah. file. I could probably you know? have like a podcast button pop up. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. I mean, with that. cause the transaction is the email, right? You want to be able to get them on your list. So social media doesn't nerf your account. Yeah. Right. And then you can still get your audios out to people and your podcasts out to people. So that's the, sort of the value there. Another thing, another thing. What are what are a couple of websites that you use or like resources that you use every day? Oh, um, to to create, to publish, to promote, whatever. Okay, so I've been using Typefully lately, and so Typefully dot com, and that's a Twitter writer, scheduler, drafter. It has some examples in there, um, but basically, it, it's it's that every single day. Use jumping in my own Notion, building out my own swipe files, looking for that for reference. So Notion and Typefully, really. Um, that's about it, to be honest with you. It, it's very lean. And Telegram. Yeah, Telegram. Yep, yep. But I would I would consider that more of like a creator. Like that's what I'm going to post on. So outside of like TikTok, Instagram, Telegram, Twitter, um, that's sort of what I'm building in. And Adobe XD, obviously, but you okay. hate that. Okay, so not that many things. No, no. Everything, like I said, everything comes from writing and building those out in Notion or getting those ideas, you know, scheduled in Typefully and then putting all that content into design and then publishing. Uh, Beehive is another one that I just switched over to for a newsletter. Yeah. Which is, which is interesting, but yeah, that's about it. Okay. Um, and then I'm taking the cross platforms. Do, 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 do. Uh, or um, what's that mic you got there? This mic is a Blue Yeti, I believe. I'm so bad with technology, but um, yeah, Blue Yeti. This I hope would, it sounds good. It sounds good. Would you? I mean, would you recommend it? Hundred percent. I like yours more, but I mean, for the price tag, I think this one's only one thirty. Uh-huh. It's it's very affordable for creators when they're starting out to get into it. Yeah. How about this idea? Um. The idea of I was thinking about this, and dude, this is a this podcast is going way longer than we thought, but all good. I love uh, it. Uh, uh, observation that I've been having is that people don't really want to call themselves, especially younger, um, creators or influencers. Really? Because like a creator or an influencer, think about it. It it makes it seem like you're trying, and it doesn't. Uh especially for younger audiences, they don't want to look like to their peers like they're trying. <laughs> I might be wrong. Tell me if I'm completely wrong. But like a lot of people, it's like they want to be more nonchalant about it. Like, oh, I share my content around pickleball or like I'm an artist. I'm not uh, like a, a creator, an influencer. Like there's something around that where it's like that means I'm trying to build an audience and make money. And if it's outwardly trying to do that, I don't know. I, I I, think I, I, could, I could see uh, that uh, with influencers because influencers got a bad rap, especially when you're pushing yeah. products that you're not aligned with. So I, I, I can understand that part, but I think creator, uh, hopefully I'm not wrong, but I like the idea of being a creator, being a solopreneur, a solo creator. Uh, I think that has more value add to it. I know. Um, I, I, I'm, what I'm saying is I think for us and I think for people yeah. listen, listening to this show, probably true as well. I think for the majority, if you just like scroll, it's like, I'm a filmmaker. I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm, I do watercolor on YouTube. Like, it's like not, I'm a creator. It's like they're doing oh, yeah, something else, right? Yeah. But they are creators. It's not like, yeah. and it's like, it's this hobby that ha- happens to make money. But it's like, I think like in our, like the, the people we follow on Twitter, the conversations we have, like with our peers and like, you know, um, between us and like everything, like, I think we we see that and i, I kind of see it as like yeah I, I love the idea of like the one person media company like the the solopreneur like all of those things are exciting 
many of them like they're just like sharing they're just like giving hot takes on lifestyle they're like sharing their fashion outfit but it doesn't say like i'm a fashion content creator <laughs> you know mm. it's just like oh it's yeah it's like this is my outfit of the day <laughs> it's like yeah i don't know um, I, I mean i could i could totally see that because they're trying to attach to you know whatever that activity is they're doing yeah right? as opposed to just attaching to the creator label um i think that's totally cool yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think I, I don't know. I don't even know. Like, I'm not even trying to solve anything for it. It was just like something that I've, I've, I feel like I've been observing. So, but I don't know. Maybe it's more split. Like, I, I don't know. Um, people can comment, comment on uh, on Instagram and let me know. Uh, let me know if I'm if I'm completely off on that. Uh, all right. So, resources you use every day. What What would your tip be to me to to um get more listeners to the podcast? I think you talked that you, you teased it earlier today when you were talking about like finding those little clips and like almost using those as bait out there to get people into the full episode. Oh, um, actually, I have a question for the audience. If you're listening still to this show, comment on my most recent Instagram post and tell me where you came across the podcast the first um, time. I'm curious where most of the audience is coming from, whether it's searching on, on you know, the, the, the podcast platforms it's TikTok or it's Instagram or it's maybe the people that were on the show sharing it. Tell me exactly how you came across the show. I'm very curious because that will help steer some of that. Like we talk about constantly iterating and learning. Like I want to know, like I have no idea like how people are can't listen to the show. Um, it's probably a mix of all of those things. The one thing that I've learned from um, Jay Klaus and a couple other people in the in the podcast world is that most it's it's hard to get people from another platform to go become an audio listener, right? The best place and like the the highest converting is actually to do ads on other people's podcasts because they're uh. already consuming within that platform. And I, that's kind of similar to how I consume content, right? Like if I'm like on TikTok, it's I don't usually jump from like clip to like download a show. You know, I'm like, <laughs> oh, that, that was a cool clip. So I'm thinking about more of that as like the user experience. Like, yeah, but if someone that I trust as a podcast host, I'm already, that's a habit that I already do. Like I, I listen to podcasts, right? Like you, you don't, like it's hard to get someone, like if someone only watches YouTubes or TikToks, it's hard to train them to be a long form audio listener. <laughs> you know, like not train them or like ch change their habits to do that. So you want to talk to people that are currently doing that and maybe have interest in your show. So marketing on other people's shows. So I'm gonna hit up some, this is my first strategy that I'm sharing with you. I'm gonna hit up friends that have similar podcasts in a similar lane and see if I can buy an ad read or we can do like a collab swap type thing with them. 100%, so you reminded me of something too. I was just talking to my friend Mario about this and you almost need your circles of influence. You need your dream 100, you need your community circle, right? And I, I like to call it three circles. That circle of influence is people are going to prop you up who are just like you. And when I started growing an Instagram first, it was a whole bunch of carousel creators. That's all we were. We were sharing tips on a few different regions, but it was mostly like all carousels, all in the marketing space or the design space. And we sort of grew up together, right? It's the same thing you're talking about here with your podcast. If you run in the same podcast circles and all those, they all have audiences who listen to podcasts, you're going to get better play there. And you are trying to push people via, you know, TikToks, like you said. Yo, this is the other thing. Like, there's definitely ways. Uh, so if you're listening to the show, because a lot of people, you know, it's cool. You know, there's a wide range of people that reach out to me that listen to the show. And there's a lot of people that are like building really cool creator, creator economy platforms, or they have a, like big audiences and like, and, 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 and uh, big, and like, like big, strong communities as well. So if you're someone that like, you feel like we could do a swap in some way, whether it's like, you know, I don't, I don't know if it's like I could even, I, I, like this is an example. Say it would be um, you you share my podcast on your show or on your platform, um, and you know, it, it, the exchange could be consulting, it could be strategy, it could be it could be something else. It could be like you and I talked about. A big value to people is helping them tease out content. So I could interview you and like create a bunch of assets for you and like record it and then you can take that the footage and edit it however you want like let me know what the what the what the exchange would be but let me know like I'm, I'm i'm open to getting creative around it and then continuing to share and then be like come back on the podcast we follow up and i say hey this is what i learned from doing those swaps 
I gained 3000 listeners or nothing happened at all. <laughs> you know, it, like, like, like it's all about learning and testing. It's a tried and true strategy. So I did this with Twitter when I was first starting out. Um, I found somebody on Twitter who had a small audience on Instagram. I had a big one. So I said to him like, Hey, you're in the same space. You want to grow your Instagram. Oh. I'll, I'll trade you, you know, I'll, I'll promote you on stories or we'll do a collab post and you pump me up and, and retweet like 10 of my tweets and boom, picked up 500 followers on Twitter. And it's an easy change to, to cross pollinate yeah. those audiences. Oh, snaps. So, so if you, you have an asset like if TikTok. If you have somewhere you can leverage, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You have a podcast and you have TikTok. What's it, like 70,000 now? Yeah. You know, you could use that to Twitter or Instagram. Use it in exchange and be like, hey, I'll, I'll bring you over here on TikTok. Yeah. And you share me on Instagram and, you know, we'll or, trade. Or I could like, um, because... Or I could help you like get a brand deal or something. Uh, 100%. I, you know, I could, you know, if you if you got like a hundred k and you're like, yo, I want a bag. I'll be like, I want a plug. You know, let me know. Like, right. we'll we'll figure out how to how to how to work it. But like, that's what I realize more and more people. It's not just writing and publishing every day. There no. are things that are helping, um, helping the train move forward. Right? Like, it's not entire. Like, yes, obviously, we talked about the importance of building the muscle, being consistent, showing up. Uh, but then there are things like this, like where you, you talk with fellow creative colleagues like we're doing right now and saying like, yo, what have you seen? See, that's new to me. I didn't realize that like you actually did that. But like that is that is the game. It's always the game. And, you know, there are people blowing up on Instagram right now talking about audience growth. I'm not going to name names, but it's, you know, they're talking about that. And they're part of like this sub network of hundreds of people who are just sharing each other's posts. Yeah. And it's like you wonder why. This person, you know, grew 75,000 followers and their content they're posting like three days a week. It's like, yo, they, yo. we're bringing it back to like 2017 times, but I, that I, happens all the time. Do you know what I've thought about? And I, and like, there's something in me that like feels like I'm a sellout if I do it is, is boosting Instagram posts. No. Um, um, like, so, so I've thought about some of the clips that have done well, but also promote the podcast does it hurt to put another $50 or a hundred behind it and see if it leads to more listeners? And, and this is where I'm going back. Like I'm not a sellout. Like these platforms, like they're kind of built to do that. Like, I think that like they will, that they want to get you results, right? Like, but they want to figure out how to make money too. So, you know, um, there's certain content where I'm like, this isn't really built to like be great on the for you page of, of Instagram reels or whatever, but I think it's high value and I think it does a good job promoting the podcast. So in that like e example, like why not put a little bit more money behind it? Have you ever like, um, um can you, how, how targeted could I be? Like, could I t try to find people that like are interested in content creation? Like, it, like if I boost a post, is that different than running an ad? I don't, I don't know if you know how much you know about like the paid area. Yeah. So I'm not super skilled on paid ads. I don't yeah. run a ton of them. But I have boosted posts on both TikTok and Instagram. Um, and I have run like one ad on Instagram uh, through like Facebook's manager, right? But you obviously get more detailed. You could add more creatives in when you actually go in the ads manager. When you're doing it through Instagram, you only get limited options, right? It's either automatic, they'll, they'll pick the audience for you, or, you know, you can choose some parameters and then set a budget and then press play, right? Okay. So it's very streamlined when you do it through the app. So you're not going to get the best results but it's better if you wanted to boost something to if you don't know what you're doing to just do that um, yeah and and there's certain posts that i've done that like did really well with my audience but like with like a random new audience it didn't do that great but i think like if i boost it and if i can ensure that i can get in front of similar minded people like people will be receptive to it yo yeah my man 100 percent Yo, this has been a uh, this has been a really awesome chat. This has been a great excuse for me to get free consulting from you. Um, I just say, yo, yo, let let's get on a show and and we'll jam out. Uh, but yo, I'm it. gonna um I'm gonna post this. Where uh where do we again like the the Telegram? What are you most excited to send people to? Telegram, swipe files, or Twitters? <laughs> um, kind of, why not all three? Just go to my uh, go to my website, thestephenmiller.com. And there's links to all of that stuff. I'll put it that way. So oh. you, you, so much value. Yeah, yeah. That you'll and get then, out of that. and then, let us know. Let us know if me and Stephen did a workshop together. Um, this is another thing. You're gonna comment on Instagram. 
uh, if me and Steven did a workshop together, what would the workshop be about? Um, what would you want to learn more from him and what might you want to learn more from me about? Uh, because that was one subject that we didn't hit um, mm. as much, but like the, I know that we're excited about the idea of workshops and just different ways to, to provide value to your community. I get a prediction. Let, let's do a prediction. Okay, okay. And, and I'll use that question as my basis. So what is your 2023 prediction for social media? for creator brands? I got a couple. Uh, wait, what is my prediction? Yeah, where do so, you see, so, like what's, so, what's gonna so pop I, off? I think, I think YouTube Shorts. I think YouTube Shorts is the obvious one. I think that they're figuring it out uh, and they're putting mon- a lot of money there and they're gonna start paying people. Okay. Was that you? Yeah, 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 yeah. All, all good, all good. They're going to start paying people. Rewind. So I think, I, I think that's an exciting, uh, an exciting place to be is YouTube Shorts, um, and also, yeah, I, I think, I think along lines, I know that you're going to go this direction is, um, shorter, just shorter courses. Uh, it's uh-huh. just if there are a course shorter or just like other ways. Oh, the other one would be free courses. I think a lot of people are going to continue to do free stuff. Um, and finding even other ways to to monetize. I, I don't know exactly how, but like I feel like I don't I don't know. What do you What do you think? So my the it ties in with the question too, but it's courses. Everybody wants to do a course. I think the play is going to be five day challenges, short workshops, or small cohorts. Right. Everybody wants everything done for them, or they want results. Now they don't want to, you know, get a DIY course, sit through eight modules and five hours of, of stuff and not know what they're going to get, where if they could sit down with an expert for three, four five days. So it's something to think about when you're building out your products is, you know, think about that five day challenge. Think about that one week, two week cohort and, you know, teach live, record it and then sell the replay. Interesting. Interesting. How much? So, so let's say, uh, all right, let's, let's talk prices. Let's say I said, <laughs> let, let's, I, let's say I made a course on how to, you know, how to, how to, mm, uh, uh, the a beginner's guide to your first 10 episodes as a podcast host. Um, say that was a workshop. Then I would sell a replay. Give me an, just an example. Like, it doesn't have to be exactly like how much that could be priced for or should so, be priced for. So, assuming you have an email list, right? You have some sort of email list where people already follow you, right? Yeah. You can give them a discounted price for being with you for a long time. And when I first ran mine, I did a $97 um, full price and everybody on my list got it for $35 off. I think they got it for like oh. six, 60 bucks or 65 bucks or something like that. So right? send it to them first at yeah. that rate. And I said, hey, FYI, this worked really well. There's 30 tickets available at 30 bucks off. Go pick it up. You know, if you miss out, cool. I actually ended up releasing 50 tickets at that price because, you know, it sold a out lot in 24 of people, hours. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, okay, well, I got to teach 100 people in that first workshop for, you know, three, four hours, recorded it all, gave them the replay, gave them all the templates. They got so much value out of it for $67. Okay. Right? And and if you, you do it live and you, you kind of have, you add the slides, you go through the slides and then you probably do like a Q&A at the end. Yeah, so I did a lot of show and tell. I did uh, a little bit of strategy up front, and then I showed them, okay, well, this is what I actually go through and do in CapCut. Here's how I walk through Notion. Here's how I build all my content out. Here's what I'm doing in Adobe XD. You know, if you want to copy all this stuff, here are all the templates are in Notion. So after the fact, they get the replay, they get the templates, they got, you know, the entire walkthrough of what I did for $67. Okay, and then what do you, so like say like the, the then, then do you open it up for a full price for, for the 97 to like the just people on social media? Yeah, like the whole marketing angle of that is, okay, well, you show that it's sold out in 24 hours for 30 tickets. You then announce, okay, well, I'm re- releasing another 24, uh, 20 tickets at this price. Uh, go pick it up. And then you're like, oh my God, that's sold out. You know, post it on stories here. Now it's opened up. We we close the cart in two days, right? But it's it doesn't seem so salesy because you actually have the proof you're teaching live they're getting value out of it. You're giving them a ton of assets and they're getting, you know, what I did in the first workshop was, you know, we'll build out 30 days worth of content for you in a workshop. Yeah. And that was a deliverable. And, and then, okay. So then what, where and how much do you sell the replay for? $97. So, so just, just one time fee. Yep. Okay. It, it's basically like a mini course with some live instruction, but also templates on top of it. And if, 
you know, pricing it like so much cheaper than that, you're going to find a bunch of people who want refunds or returns or customized. So you have to find like the value of, you know, what some people are willing to pay. Um, yeah. That, uh, pr- gives that good return. Okay. 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 Um, and then how long do you promote something like this? How long do you go from saying, Hey, social media, I'm doing this to when do you do it? <laughs> Cause um, like, some, I, yeah. like, I'm like, do I promote it for two months? Do I promote it for 10 days? 10, like 10 days is the magic window. Like the first one I did, I think was seven days or eight days. And I did it through a weekend and I closed the card on Friday. The next, you know, Monday I, I started teaching. So within the, the course of two weeks, I went from, you know, ad- announcing it to teaching it. Because um, you want to keep that window short. You don't want to keep people, especially with a workshop that's that low level, like 50 bucks, 60 bucks. You know, it's the value add there is, is going to be different. Yo, so, yo, so I should have you back on the show and we should do an entire workshop jam, I love workshops. jam, jam session. We're going to um, do a podcast one. So yeah, people, yeah. Get, get on his email list, go okay. sign up for his email list. He'll, he'll, Drip it out and let you know when we're gonna do a workshop together. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Do that. Bonusfootage.co. Go to my email list. Um, bonusfootage.co. Uh, Stephen, this has been a wonderful, wonderful conversation. Um, I'm just gonna send it as is. Do you want me to edit anything? Uh, that push notification like five minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> nah, no, nah, no, nah, that's nah, all good. Yeah, yeah. Says delete not- not- notifications, <laughs> and then boom, and then like that. No, I'm totally kidding. Uh, dude, uh, this was exciting. It, it was so funny. I'll, I'll tell you guys how this 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 interview came about or this conversation. I was I was like Stephen. I was like, send me three things that you want to talk about. And like the craziest part is we just talked for like over an hour, and we didn't even hit off. I don't even think we hit all this. I, I I guess we did. We did hit. We we did hit all the all the subjects. But I have a bunch of things here that like I added. Like you just had a tweet that went viral with the chat GBT thing. Um, go check that one out. That was great. Uh, uh, dude. But like this was fun. This was I, fun. I, I think this concept will continue to work. Is just like shooting the shoot around like random, random creator economy stuff and like. Uh, I, I hopefully the audience got tremendous value from it. Also, let me know how you feel about this format of the show. Uh, and then Stephen, have a wonderful day. Thanks for thanks for jamming out. This was awesome. Thank you so much for having me on. All right, see you, bro.